For better or for worse, all of our experiences in healthcare are designed. And if everything is designed, you can think like a designer and you can apply design principles to improve almost anything you can think of. Hello and welcome to Brand New Doctor. This is the podcast where we get inspired to carve our very own unique career paths in healthcare and to look at healthcare from new and interesting perspectives. My name is Rola Kero and I am a doctor turned graphic designer and brand strategist. I know, it's kind of a lot to say and I know a lot of you can empathize as well that it can be hard to explain what you do and why you do it. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this today is because I recently had a conversation with my dad who I was talking about all of the things that inspire me, all of the things that I want to design in healthcare in the future and the new directions that I want to take it. And to his credit, he really did listen to me intently for a good amount of time. Eventually, I gave him an in and I let him speak. And his very first question to me was, what is design? Now, you can imagine my exasperation at the time, but then I realized that design means a lot of different things to lots of different people. And so what I want to do today is explain what design is, what it isn't, and why it matters in healthcare. And hopefully along the way, you'll also pick up some interesting tips too. You'll see how design could apply in your work and how you can think like a designer to improve almost anything you can think of. Let's dive in. So I'm going to give you three definitions of design and examples to illustrate them. The first definition, design is creativity with purpose. So I asked my dad, what do you think of when you hear this word design? He thought about it for a minute and he said, posters, buildings, fashion, And he's right. But do you know that everything that is made with purpose is in fact designed? So that can be creative, artistic kinds of tangible things like posters and like fashion as well. But it can also be intangible things like services, processes, systems. So think about ordering a ticket for the cinema online or The process that you go through when you go to a supermarket, how you're guided through the shop and you see all of the products until you end up eventually at the checkout with the things that you wanted and the things that you didn't know you wanted. These things are designed. So why does that matter when it comes to healthcare? Well, for better or for worse, all of our experiences in healthcare are designed. You can think about booking an appointment at the GP or what you see in the waiting room, or even the process of referral to hospital. And if everything is designed, you can think like a designer and you can apply design principles to improve almost anything you can think of. So what principles might we use to make a design better? Well, there are a lot of different principles we could talk about. Let's start off with visually, when we're designing something visually. I'll just give you a bit of a flavor of what designers think about. So it's important to apply these principles, I should say, first and foremost, because they help to make things more visually appealing, but also easier to understand and easier to use too. So we might think about contrast and symmetry, the alignment of things. 
it's really my job as a designer to use these principles to make something that looks well put together and therefore builds trust. So the thing is that when someone looks at a design that doesn't look quite right, where something is a bit off, maybe something's a bit too big or a bit too small or the alignment isn't quite right, they might not be able to say what it is that they don't like about this thing in front of them, but they might have they might have an unconscious feeling that they don't want to engage with it because it just doesn't look competently put together and therefore they think that maybe the service or product is lacking in other ways as well. So this is really important when it comes to digital design when we're talking about websites and apps for example. But you can see this in other places in the world too. So an example of a principle that is important when it comes to designing in healthcare is hierarchy. So I think about going to a waiting room, whether it's your GP or in hospital or something like that, you find that there are signs everywhere. There are notices of what you should or shouldn't do and everything's in capital letters sometimes. So everything is important. Everything has equal weight to it and therefore nothing is important. You just don't know where to look a lot of the time and so you start to just tune things out after a while. Now, hierarchy is important here because it shows us what is the most important thing to look at, the first place to begin. So instead of information of equal importance everywhere, you put the most important thing front and center and then you prioritize the other pieces of information so you know that you don't need to look at them first. It makes it a lot easier for people to take in information and to use it. But what about when it comes to designing intangible things like services? It's still really important that things are as usable as possible. So an important principle that comes to mind is being user-centered. You may have heard of this term or you might have heard of being patient-centered or perhaps human-centered. And all this means is that you are designing from the perspective of the person using the product or service more so than from the perspective of what makes life easier for the creator or for the person who's running the service. There are plenty of examples of how user-centered or human-centered design matters in healthcare. But the one that comes to mind for me is the way that we are increasingly making access to healthcare digital. We tend to think that if we ask someone to go online or to use an app, we are making life easier for everybody involved. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely potential for us to make things simpler and more convenient. But we also shouldn't ignore the fact that there is a significant group of people who don't have devices, or if they do, they lack the confidence or perhaps the skills to be able to use them. I've read that it is as much as 27% of our population. I heard about this from reading work by King's Fund about digital inclusion and from speaking to someone called Pratesh Mystery, whose work with King's Fund has really opened my eyes as to how digital design can help to increase or reduce health inequalities or include or exclude people too. I'll put links in the show notes to this. So what can we do about this? How can we make services more user-centered? So a good example that I read also from the King's Fund was about a GP practice called the Roxton practice. And what they did was they asked their patients about their preferences when it came to digital devices. 
whether they had them, how confident they were with them. And they would use this information to suggest services to their patients, whether they would suggest more digital services or non-digital services, and that also tailor the way that they communicated with them. So that's the first definition. Design is creativity with purpose. So remember, everything that is made with a purpose is designed, and everything designed can be improved. So on to the next definition. Design is problem solving with empathy. So take a look around you. And everything that is designed is a question that has been answered and a problem that has been solved. So how can we ask better questions and how can we find better solutions? Well, the answer is empathy. And that just means understanding your audience, what they want and what they need. And this all goes back to the idea of being human-centered or patient-centered. The example that I like to think of is finding your way through hospital. The signs that you see are an answer to the question, how can we show people to their desired location? But as you know, these signs don't always work so well. They can be difficult to understand at times. So how can we ask a better question? Well, we first of all need to empathize with our audience. And when we do that, we appreciate that a lot of the time when patients go to hospital, they are on edge. They might be feeling anxious. They're oftentimes in a bit of a hurry as well. And so looking from that perspective, we appreciate that they're more likely to prefer a descriptive term for a location than an eponymous one. They don't really want to know the name of the benefactor of a certain ward. They just need to know what kind of ward it is. So what I've just described are the first two steps of a process called design thinking. And design thinking, very simply put, is just a process used by designers to help them to problem solve in a user-centered or human-centered kind of way. That helps them to design all kinds of things for lots of different kinds of people. There are lots of different variations of design thinking, but by and large, they all include the same components. You may have heard of a variation called the double diamond if you're interested in health improvement or quality improvement. So far, we've talked about empathizing with your audience and defining a problem or a solution. Next step after that is to ideate. And that's just about brainstorming and putting all of your ideas out there. From then, you can move on to the step which is prototyping. And that just means making a working model of your idea. And you move on to the next step, which is testing. And finally, to implementing. And that just means putting what you've made out into the real world. And I say final step, but the truth is that you should be continually trying these things out. You should be continually improving things. So there you have it. Design is problem solving with empathy. When we do this, we make patient-centered products and services that serve our audience better. So on to the third definition. Design is not decoration. Now, if design is creativity with purpose and it's also problem-solving with empathy, then it can't possibly be an afterthought. The example I like to use to demonstrate this point is the process of referring yourself online for a service like physiotherapy. Now imagine with me for a moment that you land on the website and it is immaculate. It is modern, it's clean, it's easy to use. And I'll be honest, that isn't always the case. But just imagine for me, for the purpose of this example, that it is. 
And when you put in your details, you get an error message telling you to call the GP. The thing is, though, that your GP was the one in the first place to tell you to go online. Aesthetics were there. It looked wonderful. But at the end of the day, the function wasn't. And so the service was not joined up. So how can we solve problems like this, where you go online and you have a different experience from what you're expecting in person, you get one source of information telling you one thing and then a source, another source telling you something else. These are all really frustrating things that can really affect the way that we access care. Now, I really don't want to oversimplify the solution to this because I do think it is a complicated issue but I will say that obviously communication is key in this. I want to link up an interesting article by someone called Tero Vanenen and I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong but he is the head of NHS Digital and he wrote this article where he makes this distinction between outputs and outcomes So outputs are oftentimes things that we can tally, like how many times a number was called or how many people filled out a certain form or tried to access a service, how many requests for prescriptions were made. Whereas outcomes are more about, did people actually get the prescription that they wanted? Did they actually receive the service that they signed up for? Now, He makes the point that oftentimes we're more interested in outputs than we are in outcomes. We need to focus on outcomes because then we start thinking about making sure that services are joined up. And I could definitely talk more about this. But for now, just remember that when it comes to design, if we describe something as beautiful, what we mean is that there is a combination of function and aesthetics. Design is not decoration. Thinking about this conversation with my dad really helped me to empathize. It's ironic that he made me think like a designer, but I really believe that thinking like a designer can help anyone in their work, especially if you are trying to improve products or services for human beings, for patients, or for clients. So I really hope that this was interesting and helpful to you. I I hope that you got something from it. I'd love to make more of this type of content. So let me know if you enjoyed this. I'd love to hear in comments or ratings or reviews, especially because it helps other people to discover the podcast as well. That's all for me for now, but I'll be back soon with another episode of Brand New Doctor.